Welcome to Behind the Curtain, LA Opera's podcast series in which we look deeply at the creative process and explore opera's enduring themes and power to move us. In this podcast, composer Carla Lucero, poet and translator Dr. Rita Urquillo Ruiz, and Silvia Nunez, director of UNAM, La Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México en Los Ángeles, discuss the Three Women of Jerusalem, or Las Tres Mujeres de Jerusalén, the first Spanish-language work commissioned by LA Opera for performances at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels. This production will premiere on Saturday, March 19, 2022. We hope you will join us for this historic production. Tickets are available now at laopera.org. It is such an honor for me to be with you all today. Let me mention that I get so emotional, especially because we are many women uh, in this session. And uh, this is truly amazing. I also think that the three women of Jerusalem is going to be a huge adventure in the whole history of the opera. So I want to to say a word of appreciation. First of all, for you all, our audience, you are very, very relevant. And a special thanks for the LA Opera uh, to Adam Libau and also for the Hispanics for the opera. I appreciate very much uh, what Monica Gutierrez has been said about UNAM Los Angeles. And so uh, let me uh, turn the floor uh, first to Carla Lucero. Monica mentioned that she is the composer and libertist of the three women of Jerusalem. And after her, I will give the floor to Rita Urquijo Ruiz. Uh, She is the translator of this opera. And the first question that I have for both of you is that I would like you to to uh, share with us a little bit about uh, how is it that you discover the opera? Well, I was uh, a child and I was exposed to it at a very, very early age, like three years old, uh, listening to The Marriage of Figaro, the Mozart opera, and both of my parents love opera. So I was a baby, really, (laughs) when I was introduced to it. Oh, that that is fantastic. That is truly amazing. And Rita? I come to opera very late, unfortunately, but loved it passionately uh, the moment that I came to it. And unbelievably enough, it's actually with the film uh, Philadelphia, the film Mm -hmm. about a man dying of AIDS and the aria that that is sung as he's telling the story of his his, uh, disease and life uh, was so captivating to me that I had to look that up. And, and from then on, um, here in San Antonio, Texas, where I reside and where I teach, um, I have a, a dear, dear friend that loves the opera and would invite us to, to go see. So to go see uh, Carmen, of course, uh, and that's the name of my mother. May she rest in peace, by the way, Carmen. And then uh, really Palliasso and, and others. And so the, the way the music and, and the lyrics just grapple my heart in opera is, is really intense and wonderful. So I was so delighted to join Carla in this in this adventure. Great to hear about that. I would like to know a little bit about your your professional relation with uh, with the opera. How come is it that uh, you get together? I mean, how did you uh, how did you meet in order to pursue this uh, adventure of the three women of of Jerusalem? Well, that's that's the best part, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I was approached to um, write or to arrange 
a, a Spanish version of the opera of Mice and Men um, by Carlisle Floyd. Uh, rest in peace, he just passed. Because I'm not fluent in Spanish, I knew I needed a, a, a translator. And it was, it was also the conductor who had contacted me has the rights. He was a friend of Carlisle Floyd's and a protege. And he got the rights to do this, um, to, to create this. But he was very specific about wanting the language to be colloquial Spanish and that, that of, of migrant workers um, in mm -hmm. Central California. So one of our dear, dear friends who is a powerhouse in the Latinx community, Olga Talamante. She's amazing in every possible way. So I knew she would be the best resource for me to find specifically the person who would be doing the translating. So she, she introduced me to Rita. It was perfect. I knew she was the right person to do this. We also became really good friends. So it's just been win-win and I cannot thank Olga enough for, for this introduction. I think that what I've said before that when Olga Talamante calls on you or invites you to do something, you do it because oh, Olga, yeah. Olga, te queremos mucho y mucho respeto. We love you and, and respect you so much. So it was an automatic uh, um, friendship that we formed, uh, Carla and I, because we trust uh, anyone that Olga recommends to us. And so the, the beginning of our work uh, on this opera, it was was uh, throughout the entire process. It's been delightful to to work with with Carla and and to know that our madrina and and dear friend Olga uh, sanctioned this this relationship and this work together. Absolutely. So it is evident that you have a special commitment and also friendship. I see that uh, the, there are so many women virtues that are come, popping up in this conversation. And that is also for me very, very relevant to, to highlight. But because we have very little time, I have to jump to, to the third question. In order to focus on the three women of Jerusalem, I want the audience to know a little bit about the whole story of this opera and what does this opera mean to each one of you? Before I was commissioned to create this opera, mm -hmm. um, Stacy Brightman, who I love also, <laughs> she, she she and I were talking and, and she was the vice president of LA Opera and the head of um, LA Opera Connects. I knew that it would have to be something that was, uh, at first we thought New Testament because the, the, the cathedral operas uh, historically were um, from the Old Testament. We went around and around and I told her, you know, for me to really sink my teeth into it, it has to be a woman-centric story. Mm -hmm. So we automatically started looking at the saints and everything. And finally, actually, Stacy approached me about uh, creating an opera around the passion. Um, and I thought, wow, um, that is, it's powerful, but the women, what, you know, is it going to be Veronica or Virgin Mary? Who is, who is it going to be? And I was looking at the Stations of the Cross and the eighth station has these three women who show up out of nowhere and who have no names and who we don't know what happens afterwards. 
So I thought this is a prime opportunity for me to create a story that is based on the passion, but through the eyes of women. So, so this is how it becomes woman-centric. Um, we also don't see Jesus in the opera. We see a representation of Jesus with the cross, and I have a children's choir singing Jesus's voice. That's kind of how it was molded, you know, in order to remain woman-centric, uh, remain biblical, even though it's not from the Old Testament. Fascinating, fascinating. And for me, the, the interest was in, again, doing anything and everything that Carla Lucero gets her hands on. And so the idea of translating an opera became overwhelming and yet welcoming to me because as Olga Talamante had told her, I am a poet. I write Calavera poems every November here in San Antonio for La Voz de la Esperanza. I'd like to do a shout out and thank you to Gloria Ramirez, who is always wonderful with these poems. And the whole community writes poems for Dia de los Muertos, uh, Day of the Dead. And so my work with the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center and those poems and the way that I write the metric for them really helped me in being able to translate uh, with Carla. And so the idea of the translation also came at a very personal, very important time in my life, um, because unfortunately, during the time that we were in the middle of the translation work. Um, three of my family members passed away from COVID-19. And so um, I threw myself into the art. I threw myself into the translation and I threw myself deeply into the moving aspect of what this meant as an offering and an honoring of our community in, in Los Angeles and abroad, right? Because this is going to be a big, big event. And so um, I'm very much about building community everywhere I go and everywhere I am. And so when, when I found out the magnitude of this event, I, I became even more excited. And so I had asked Carla to, to plead with LA Opera to give me a little bit more time for that translation so that I could finish it and make it as an offering to my dearly departed. I, I just wanted to say also, I had asked Rita if she wanted to stop. Uh, doing it because of uh, the emotional trauma yeah, yeah. that she was going through. And uh, she told me that it helped her to do it. Mm -hmm. So it actually took, I, I think I started, I was struggling not to the, the point where uh, that Rita was, but I, I think that uh, for me, knowing that it was helping her through yeah. this, yeah. it became really cathartic and healing for me as well, knowing this. So the whole opera is reflecting uh, these emotions. You are telling here uh, personal stories. I mean, what is your personal relation to this piece of art? And what I found out that is absolutely, uh, I mean, I, I feel so, so lucky because uh, I know that opera and art is the only possibility for humans for coming together beyond, you know, mm -hmm. all, all the difference that I'm not going to focus about. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it, it's it's a way to, to heal within mm -hmm. a community. And this is exactly the, what I, I believe that all, all the, the audience that is not only listening to us, but the ones that would have the fortune to go to the opera will experience. And let me just tell you something that for me is like magic, because I, I have always said to my children that 
women, we are magicians, all of us women. And uh, we, we, we have, uh, I mean, th 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 there is no coincidence in what we are. I think that I won the lottery today because Rita has the, the, in, the, in the backup, the, the card of a Mexican loteria, loteria, the lottery. And I was looking at you and I said, I was the one that won the, uh, I won the lottery, the El Premio Mayor today, because I'm not an expert in opera, but this is truly a, a, a watershed in my professional life because I also and my family are opera lovers, but illiterate, mm -hmm. illiterate. We embrace the opera with passion, but we don't know anything about technicism. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that this opera is truly a watershed. What is the part of this opera that you enjoy the most or, or the most that really communicates with your inner self? Ah, uh, this is difficult, uh, Silvia, because I, I'm very biased, uh, and I'm gonna say that I love the entire opera from beginning to end, especially all all the voices that are there. But um, when Carla told me that the voice of Jesus Christ would be represented by a children's choir, I was in tears, and and I just felt that that was gonna be so moving. And mind you, I'm translating without the music, right? I'm just translating the, the libretto here, but still to picture that, to imagine the cathedral, to imagine the, the, the space where this is going to happen. It gave me chills. And then the other part is, of course, I'm not sure how much I can say, Carla, but there is a character of a little girl that uh, those of you who come to the opera will, will see what I'm talking about. The identification of this little girl as an immigrant, as parentless as someone that, that needs protection and love. Um, I came to this country at the age of 16 with a passport that expired in one month. And so I was undocumented, I was a young person. And so there are aspects of the opera that just speak to so many of us at so many different levels. The, the, the main part of it, as Carla has mentioned before, is that it is about building community and it is about uh, denouncing the discrimination and denouncing the violence that is perpetuated in, in our time today, unfortunately. We also have to recognize that uh, we, we have now many more opportunities. You are trying to attract more and more young women to come to the opera, to appreciate what opera truly means. What should be the tool for incorporating more younger women to be uh, opera librettists? Personally, I, I feel that it's important for, to, for women to be prepared to, I don't wanna say to do battle, but to be confident with what, with what they are presenting, to be truly confident because there, I think, the days are gone where women have to feel apologetic or sneaking their work in and not putting their first names so you can't identify them as female or, you know, things like that. The playing field now is not level, but the only way that it's it will become that way, level or close to level, is with more women creating work uh, that they're proud of. And like I said, not being apologetic about it and not not behaving like they are receiving just crumbs. You know, those days are over. We have to be full players, completely invested uh, in our art and in promoting our art. And for this to be the first opera written by a woman presented 
in LA and Spanish. It's just such, it's breaking ground in so many levels. Yeah. And it's always an honor to, to be a part of groundbreaking events and, and work. Yeah. And I have to say, though, it is the first Spanish language opera and the first opera by a woman that has been commissioned uh, by LA Opera Connects for the for uh, the cathedral operas. So it's a first, but I think in my entire life, it's always, you're the first, you're the first, you're the first in that way. But I'm I'm really happy to see that there are other women who are, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying I'm like the pioneer, but it helps to have more and more women uh, representing this art form and creating really quality work that's meaningful. Absolutely. This is, uh, this is revolutionary. That is exactly the word we need to use. Rita, what has been the changes in your life that you have experienced? I mean, you are also a university professor, and this is truly like the best match, like an utopia. It is almost impossible, I mean, to find someone like you that is passionate about being an academic and paving the way in a very revolutionary and progressive part of of scholar work, but you are also uh, transiting in the opera. What message would you like to give us today? Gracias, Silvia. You you honor me with your kind words. Honestly, it it is about, and I know that this is cliche, but this is about how art saves lives, how Mm -hmm. art heals, how art brings community together. Um, I think Adam wanted me to say something about something that is also revolutionary for, I think this is a first. We are having virtual choirs from all around the world, especially uh, Latin America. And uh, we have choirs from Europe and also Asia that, you know, I had to incorporate some hymns that are in Spanish. And those hymns were... Uh, recorded, the, the music was, I made arrangements of them, and then they were sent to these um, choirs in different countries, and they recorded them during the pandemic, and we didn't know how it would go, but there are so many, I, I think maybe like a hundred, and they're, um, they were recorded not just um, the, the sound, but also um, their videos, so they are going to be projected on the cathedral walls while they are uh, singing these choirs. And I, I have it. I just saw a little clip. It's, um, it's chilling. It's chilling. It is chilling. See. It's really chilling to see. Beautiful. So you have um, choirs from Chile, from Mexico, from Spain, and, and it's just so moving to see to see their images and their voices coming in and out of the wall of the cathedral. It's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. I didn't know about the, all the characteristics and the complexity of bringing this opera together. It is truly an outstanding collective effort. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you are opening a, a treasure. It's like winning a, a big treasure. But uh, I believe that uh, you are going to be overwhelmingly busy. You will be having many, many interviews. And, uh, and I, uh, this opera w- will will very, very soon start to travel. And uh, and so you need to be prepared because, uh, well, you know that uh, Spanish is uh, one of the 
largest languages in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and so you, you, you have a multi-million millionaire uh, audience that would like to, to live the experience. So you need to have a re to, 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 to have the possibility uh, of, uh, of traveling together and communicate. I was going to say, I just hope I tag along wherever we wherever go. We, uh, you are. You're coming with me <laughs> wherever we go. Right. Uh, <laughs> overview quickly uh, of my other work. My last opera before this one uh, was Juana. And it was an opera. It's an opera about Sor Juana, Inés de la Cruz. And the, the book uh, that, that it's based on is, is Sor Juana's Second Dream. And it's by Alicia Gaspar de Alba. Uh, and she also co-wrote the libretto with me. So, yeah, I mean, that was something else because that Spanish was um, not colloquial Spanish. It was Spanish that was spoken uh, in, the 17, uh, in the 1600s. So 17th century Spanish, very different. We had a different uh, translator who was actually part of Hispanics for Los Angeles Opera, uh, Susana Araico um, Hernandez. Um, so that was my last one. Uh, the one before that was an, is an English language opera called Warnos, and it was about the uh, by uh, about Eileen Warnos, who is labeled as the first female serial killer in America, and it's a it's an opera about trauma, you know, PTSD, and uh, yeah, it's a big one. It's a, a grand opera. And I am currently now writing an opera about um, uh, Helen Keller, and it's called Touch. So that is uh, being produced by Opera Birmingham. So I am working on that as well. Congratulations, uh, Carla. One last word from Rita to finish this conversation. I wanted to really profusely thank um, Hispanics for LA Opera for, for giving us this opportunity to, to talk about our art and our work, and then to encourage the audience to, to come and join us on March 19th. There will be two shows. There'll be more information coming together on, on, on our website. Um, and so we really hope to, to, to pack the cathedral. It'll be COVID safe, all the, you know, everything will be taken care of. Um, and I'm excited to, to say that there's a possibility that some of my family from Mexico will come and join me in person. Let me just thank you and also give a special thanks again to everybody that has been here with us. Thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you everybody so much. Felicidades. Thank you. You've been listening to LA Opera's Behind the Curtain. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you'll want to make sure you don't miss an episode. Please subscribe and leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Remember to share with your friends on your favorite social media, and we'll see you at the opera.